The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. God, thank you again for your word. Thank you that we get to have it, to study it. We know that there are many people in this world who don't have the freedom or don't even have the means to be able to look into your word, and we thank you that we do have it. God, I pray that this year, in 2019, you would help us to develop an appetite for your word. Help us to develop an appetite for more of you in our life. Uh, You are all that matters. You are the most important. You are the one thing that is necessary in our lives, and we pray that everything else would fall short of that in comparison. So God, open up our hearts uh, to hear from you uh, at this time through your scriptures. Give me the, the clarity to be able to say what you've laid on my heart. In your name we pray. Amen. New Year's resolutions. How many of you have made one ever? Ever. How many of you have given up on making them? Um, Yeah, okay. Yeah, a lot of hands went up. First hour, we had like three hands go up, uh, people who've made them. Uh, Yeah, statistics show um, that by day five, 90% of all resolutions are broken. How many of you would agree with that statistic in your own life? Yeah. Uh, It must be true. It was on the Internet, so it must be true. so uh, resolutions, there are all kinds of things we commit to in, with New Year's. We, we commit to get in better shape, to eat better, to spend more time with those who are important to us in our lives. There are a lot of things that we commit to, and there are a lot of things that are good. Uh, I'm not saying any of those things are bad. You know, I, I could stand to lose a few pounds myself, and I just uh, and know I'll break that resolution, so I won't make it. Uh, but we all could stand to do some new things. My hope and prayer, though, is that we as a body, those of us who uh, consider ourselves children of God, that we would truly commit to what the one thing that really does matter. What is that one thing? Well, in Luke chapter 10, Luke is uh, relaxing at some friend's house. Um, you may have heard of them, Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus. You know, there's a time when he dies. There's a story about Jesus bringing him back to life. Well, on this one particular day, Jesus is resting there. And Martha is in the kitchen preparing a meal, and Mary is out listening to Jesus tell awesome stories about the kingdom and about God and about himself. And Martha gets upset, and she runs out into the front room and says, Jesus, what's going on here? Mary, uh, I don't understand why she's just sitting here. Um, Why isn't she helping me? And, And Jesus says to her these words. He says, one thing is necessary, and she has chosen that thing. What is the one thing that is most important to you? My hope is that if we know God as Savior, if we know Jesus as our Lord, that being in his presence would be the one thing that we long for. In Psalm 27, David is, uh, he's struggling. There's all kinds of bad things going on around him. His son is raising up an army to come and take him out. And, And David is alone with God. And he says, you know, he could pray for all kinds of things. He could pray for his own safety. He could pray that God would crush his enemies. Instead, he prays one thing. He says, one thing I ask is that I dwell in your presence more. Is that your prayer? Is that your one thing? In 2019, my hope is that the one thing that tops all other things would be your desire to be with God. And my hope is that we come to realize that the way to be with God and in his presence, the, the most key foundational way is to be in his word. We're going to be doing some things as a church that are going to help us make this more of a reality. 
hope is that we will see each and every one of you get involved in some classes to help you get deeper into his word, to help you get deeper into the understanding of how to read it, how to apply it, and how it can guide you through all of life. I want you to see a couple passages in scripture this morning to help us to see the importance. God, from the beginning of time, has been a relational God. Not a God that is all big and mighty and distant and removed, but a God who cares about the most intimate details of our lives. A God who desires a personal relationship with each and every one of us. A God who is always speaking. Now, we haven't always lived in a world where there was a printing press and the Word of God, but even in the Old Testament, God spoke to His people. In the book of Joshua, we see as the nation of God is growing and forming, uh, if you understand the uh, early biblical history, the people of God were slaves in Egypt. And Moses was raised up by God, and God said, Moses, I want you to lead the people to the land that I have promised to give them, back to their homeland, the land that we call Israel now. Uh, the people will be called the Israelites after the, their father, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. Moses, I want you to lead those people to follow me, to seek after me, and I will lead them to the promised land, the land that I promised, the land of their forefathers. But I want you to lead them. And as he led them, they didn't always make their own, uh, the right decisions. And what should have been a, a, a few months of travel became a 40-year journey in the wilderness. But along that journey, God was with his people. And on one occasion, God calls Moses up to the top of the mountain, Mount Sinai. And God goes up, uh, Moses goes up to meet with God, and, and God reveals the truth of who he is and, and, and the laws by which they should live and the ways that they should worship him and, and, and tries to direct their paths. And he gives this, this loving love letter to Moses, and Moses goes down to the people, and he shares it with them. And for ages, the masses depended on someone bringing the word of God to them, much like what we experience in our church today. For many, the only time you ever hear from the word of God is when you have someone who's studied it, someone like myself who spends time in it, comes and gives you a word. But my hope is that that will become completely different for us as a congregation. That each and every one of you out there will realize that you all have access to the throne of God. You have access to the very word of God that you can allow to feed your every moment of every life, every, every day. In the book of Joshua, we see the importance of following after God. Moses had just died, and now the baton is being given to another leader, a man named Joshua. And Joshua is going to lead them into the promised land. And these words are given to Joshua as instruction. Joshua chapter 1, and I'll read just kind of through the story. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready. If you have a Bible, I want you to circle those words, get ready. I believe that God is going to do amazing things in us and through us if we keep our eyes on him and seek first his kingdom in 2019. I believe that we need to get ready for what God has in store for us. 
in this particular case, they were about to inherit the promised land. And it wasn't going to be a cakewalk. There were going to be struggles. There were going to be, there's, there's about to be a flood um, that they're going to have to cross through. Uh, uh, not Noah's flood, but uh, the Jordan River in flood stage. And I'm excited that I get to see the Jordan River in real life in a couple coming months uh, with some of you. The Jordan River was blocking their path. But God said, get ready. I have a plan for you. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, and all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will also be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So pay attention to these next words. He says, be strong and courageous, because you, Joshua, will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous, but be careful and obey the law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Think about it. Let it, let it pass through all of your thoughts day and night so that it, you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you always. So he gives this pep talk to Joshua. And he, he's like, okay, so keep me first. Keep your eyes on me. Remember the things that Moses has taught you. Uh, don't let the law and the book of the law uh, depart from you. Meditate on it. Let, it. let it fill every part of your life and, and follow me. And if you do this, you'll be prosperous and successful. Now here's the first challenge. The Jordan River, you've got to cross it, and it's at flood stage, but I have a plan. So God unfolds his plan for Joshua. Joshua goes to the people in Joshua chapter 3. The story picks up. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from where they were in Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, not Noah's Ark, much smaller, rectangular box, uh, made of wood, covered in gold. This, bo- this box, the ark, was really, it held sacred treasures. It, it held uh, the, the, command, the tablets that Moses was given. Uh, a few other things that we don't have time to talk about this morning, but this box was a symbol of the presence of God in their midst. And there were a special group of people, the Levites, who would carry the box. And when it moved, everyone was to follow it. It was the symbol of God in their presence. When you see this box, this Ark of the Covenant, of the Lord your God and the Levites carrying it, you are to move out from the positions that you're in and follow it. My hope and prayer for us is that as we see God move in 2019, that we will get up from whatever position we're in and that we will follow it. Regardless of where God may seem to be leading us. And the people here could have, uh, they will, they, 
Sometimes where God may be leading you may not make any sense. But where God is, there will always be a way. And God will always enable us to do what he calls us and leads us to do. And so it's important for us to follow God, to be in his presence, to be seeking after him. And when we see God move, we follow. He says, when you see the ark moving, you're to follow it. And then you will know which way to go, since you have not been this way before. How many of you have lived in 2019 already? You've already lived through one, right? Anyone? We don't know what's, what, what tomorrow holds. We have no idea what, what's going to happen this year. In our, we may have plans that we've made. We may have hopes. We may have set things in place so that if everything goes well, we have our, 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 our steps marked out for us. But no one truly knows. And there are things that sometimes come where we have to just throw our hands up in the air and say, God, I have no idea what to do. But do we know what is true? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has always existed. He is, is now, and he will always be. God is already in your tomorrow. He's already in your next week. He's already in your next triumph, and he's already in your next tragedy. And as long as we keep our eyes on him and allow him to lead us, there are no surprises from God. God knew this Jordan. He caused this Jordan to exist, this Jordan River at flood stage. And he leads them to it. Then you will know which way to go since you have not been this way before. But go ahead and stay back. Keep a distance about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. And I, I just simply think that means that we need to be careful not to get ahead of God. Let's let him lead us. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Kind of going back to that, get ready. God is about to do something. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And the story goes, we don't have time to get into it today. They follow um, the, as, the, as the Israelites, as the Levites pick up the ark. Uh, they hold these uh, long rods that hold the ark in between. Um, they walk, and as soon as they put foot in the water, the waters part, like they did for Moses at the Red Sea. Are we going to see the Red Sea? Dead Sea? Are we going to see that? Can you feel it? Yeah? Okay. Let's, let's put our foot in and see if it parts. That'd be awesome. All right, so... So, the importance here was that they would follow God. They didn't have, the printing press was not yet invented. Uh, the printing press actually was invented so that the word of God could be disseminated to the world. Isn't that amazing? If you haven't been to the Bible Museum, it tells the story of the awesome spread of God's word. I encourage you to go to the Bible Museum. It's an amazing experience to be seated. But they did have God. God has always been in the midst of his people. And God is in the midst of us now. God moves in many ways. And one of the key ways that God speaks to us now is through his word. So my question to you is, are you listening to the voice of God? Are you spending time drawing near to him? In James it says, draw near to God and he will draw to you. Are you spending time coming to his word and saying, God, speak to me this year. Speak to me today. Speak to me in the midst of my circumstances. God knows what he has in store for you, and he will lead you if you simply will follow him. The psalmist says in Psalm chapter 1 that godly wisdom and godly counsel is important. It, it says, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked, 
or stand in the way of the sinners, or take uh, sit in the company of mockers. But instead, the blessed one is this, in Psalm 1, verse 2. The blessed one is those who delight is in the law of the Lord. On this he meditates day and night. This person will be like a tree planted by streams of water. We all know that plants need water. Imagine a tree in full bloom, being fully nourished, right next to a stream, bearing fruit in all of its seasons, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do will prosper. My prayer is that Hope Hill Church would be a church full of people who are planted in the water of the Word of God, that we are allowing His Word to nourish us, and that the fruit of His Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, that these will be just naturally flowing out of us as we are planted and rooted in the Word of God. We need His Word. Jesus said to Martha, one thing is necessary, and she has chosen to sit at my feet and to hear my teaching. And my hope is that you would not wait like the Israelites waited on Moses. Moses went up to the mountain and heard from God, and while he was up there, Francis Chan, we're going to see a video in a minute. He's going to describe it a little bit more than I am right now. But they waited for Moses to come back to deliver them the word that God had for them. And for far too many people, many of you come to churches and settings like this to hear a word from a broken man like me. When you yourself can go to the word of God yourself and hear from him. And my hope is that you a people, that we would become a people that learn to discern His Word, that learn to hear His voice, that learn to be in His Word and understand it. I know the Word is big. You're like, where do I even begin? We're going to start a class. I, I, I think we're going to try and start it next month in February. And it may even be a couple classes teaching the same thing so that it's this important. We want all of you to be involved in studying God's Word, knowing how to read it, knowing how to interpret it, knowing how it all fits together. Because from cover to cover, this word is about a God who loves us, about a God who came to save us. And his name is Jesus. In Luke chapter 24, at the end of Jesus' life, he had just gone to the cross. He died for us in our place. He came back to life. And, and, and all of Jerusalem was, was upended. The people who were followers of Jesus were wondering, how in the world could this good man, this, we, we thought he was going to be the one to save us. How could he be so easily taken from us? And these two guys, these two followers of the teachings of Jesus, they were walking along the road. And Jesus, now being resurrected from the dead, comes and appears to them. They don't know it's him. I don't know if Jesus looked different. I don't know if he talked different. But he spends like a while with them, walking along this journey, uh, on this road to a, a place called Emmaus. And while he's walking with them, he's asking them, you know, what's going on? What, what, what's going on in your life? And they're like, haven't you heard? The, the man named Jesus has been crucified. And, 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 and there's all kinds of stuff going on. Why did this have to happen? And Jesus says, well, don't you remember? I mean, Jesus himself, before he died, he told us that these things would have to happen. 
The prophets, remember the things we've been taught in the synagogue? The prophets talked about the Messiah having to suffer and be killed. Don't you remember that? And he says this in verse 25. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow you are to believe that all the, what all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And then watch the beauty of verse 27. This is from Luke chapter 24, verse 27. And beginning with Moses, all the way back thousands of years earlier, beginning with the teachings of Moses, Jesus taught them, beginning with Moses and all the prophets of old, he explained to them what was said in all of scriptures concerning himself. The whole Bible points to Jesus. It points to our need for a Savior. It points to a God who loves us. It points to his redemption of us and his plan for our life. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them all that was in the scriptures concerning himself. As he continued on the journey, it must have been a beautiful journey hearing Jesus unfold all of these scriptures. And they finally get to a place where they're about to have dinner. And they're like, why don't you eat with us? They still don't have a clue who this guy is. But he, man, he knows his word. And he sits down. And in verse 45, he says, then he opened their minds so that they could understand scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and the repentance and forgiveness of his sins will be preached in the name, in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem, here in this very town. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, the Holy Spirit. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power. Jesus is the Word. And the scriptures here are all about Jesus, our Word. The Word made flesh, come to lead us, to love us. And my hope as a body is that we would grow in love with Him and the Word that He's given to us. How many of you ever received a written love letter? I remember receiving love letters uh, when I was little. They were basically, I like you. Do you like me? Check a box. Yes, no. You ever got, yeah, I always put out when I wrote back, maybe, just so I didn't seem open. I remember all throughout high school saving letters written to me from friends and loved ones and keeping them in a special keepsake box. There's something about letters written to us. This is God's love letter. want to help you develop a habit of getting into it regularly, not just on Sunday mornings, not just at your community group, not just in a Bible study time, but for you personally to meet with God daily. We want to help you do that. Why don't you check out the a story in Luke 10 where Jesus enters his house of Mary and Martha, and Mary's just sitting at his feet, glued, like listening to him, 
Martha's running around doing all this stuff, preparing, and she actually gets angry and tells Jesus, hey, can't you tell Mary to help me? She's just sitting there. And Jesus answers and says, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And when I read that story, I'm like, gosh, our churches are filled with Marthas that are anxious about so much stuff. And I'm not hearing about the people that are just sitting at the Lord's feet every day, doing the one thing that Jesus says is necessary. I mean, don't you think that's a big deal when Jesus says one thing is necessary? What Mary's doing, sitting at my feet. It's the same thing that David says in, in Psalm 27. He goes, one thing have I asked of you, that which I'll seek after. And, and that's to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to gaze upon his beauty. All through scripture, people saw this as the priority. I just want to be alone in the presence of God. We've lost this art of meditating day and night on the word of God, like Psalm 1 says, where we become these trees that are just rooted, but instead we just blown and tossed by the wind. We're not rooted, we're not strong, we're not deep. And the church needs to get deep in the word, and that happens when individuals get alone with the word of God. Instead of going to the word for answers for my problems, I need to just continue to learn more about who God is and what he says for me, and that shines a light on everything in my life and gives me a lot of perspective. In Exodus 19, you have this amazing story where Moses walks up the mountain to meet with God himself, and everyone else is standing at the base of the mountain because they're not allowed to go up, and they see fire, they see smoke, the ground is shaking, and every time God speaks, he says, like, under like a trumpet. Can you imagine being down there and just going, I can't wait till Moses comes down. I can't wait to hear what it was like to be in the presence of God. Can you imagine how excited Moses was to come down and tell the people, man, I just was with God. See, the church should be a bunch of people who spent time on that mountaintop alone with God, and then we gather together to talk about it excited, going, man, I was in the presence of God. This is what he said to me. This is what he said to me. And we share our experiences. But nowadays, that's not what the church is like. Instead, it's just everyone coming to hear about one person's experience. Think about how powerful the church would be if we all read the word of God together and had these experiences of God. Then we came together. This last year, we had the scripture app so that we'd all be on the same passages. And it was so cool because you saw people talk about the Word of God every day. Like they were talking to each other about the passage they read that morning. So then when we would gather on Sunday, it wasn't like they were starving and needed a word from the one guy that came to the presence of God. No, everyone was dwelling on this all week long. I just love it because it doesn't put a, a pressure on me like, hey, I got to uh, perform or do something to entertain these people. I'm just like, all right, here it is. Let's open it up now. And sometimes it'll stay quiet for a little while. And 
just being able to sit through that silence, you know, until somebody finally steps out and says, yeah, here, here is what I've been looking at. In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Getting quiet, it matters for everything I do, whether it's a small task or something really large and impactful for the kingdom. I have to be centered on his truth or I tend to make up my own. And we live in a time where everyone goes, hey, I think this, I think this, I feel this, I feel this. And God's saying, it doesn't matter. Do you understand? Like, you see the heavens up there? See how it's so much higher than the earth? Because that's the way my thoughts are. So why do we spend all day looking inside and trying to figure out what we feel and what we think? If God tells us right there that his thoughts are not the same as ours, but they're infinitely higher, doesn't it make sense that all of us should be then searching? Well, then what are those thoughts? What does God think? And so when you see a congregation all searching the word of God because we love the thoughts of God and we see them as far superior to our own, that's what bonds us together. And how amazing would it be if we saw believers all over the country commit, make the effort and say, we're going to read through the Bible together. And what if we really did read the same passages of Scripture every day? And then every believer you came in contact with, you could fellowship over God's thoughts, how we could be unified as a church. And people would learn to discover truth, not just by listening to what everyone says, but by studying the word for themselves. Like, I don't get it. Like, how have we gone so far from, from what we see in Scripture, where people say, this is the one thing I want, and where the Son of God says, this is the one thing that is necessary. And meanwhile, we have these churches, and people call themselves Christians, and they don't even long for the one thing that believers have longed for for all of history, to hear from the Lord, to, to, to understand Him, to come into His presence. Man, pastors, it's time that we step up and get our people to get into the Word. I mean, push them to get into God's presence for themselves. It's going to make our churches so much stronger. We can't just allow people to come and just, just hungry all week waiting for this Word from us because we came into the presence of God and, and we as pastors studied the Word of God. No, it's when they fellowship over it. And it's when they can stand on their own two feet because they know how to read the scriptures. That's when the church is going to be strong again. That's when there's going to be a depth. And that's when our people will no longer be tossed by every feeling that they get. Because we'll look at the word of God and we'll be people of the word of God. Because we read scripture for ourselves and we know truth. I love our church, and I love the things we've been about. We've, we've uh, we waved the flag of helping our brother, loving our neighbor as ourselves. We've, uh, this past Christmas, we helped over 500 children and 150 families. And, uh, a lot of things are good, but nothing as it's important as being in the presence of God and making that a priority in our lives. So I want to encourage you to consider as our worship team and our community team is going to place 
a sheet on most of your chairs or a chair close to you. And I want to ask you to consider making a commitment to being grounded in seeking God's voice in 2019. In His Word and meditating on His Scriptures and learning to read it for yourself. We're going to start a class in February uh, where we're going to help those of you who, I mean, I, I always need to learn more. And that we'll all be able to come together and do as kind of what was being described there in the video. Where we're, where we're chewing on the Word um, regularly, daily, and journeying with each other through the Scripture. I'm really encouraged, you know, our Christmas outreach. We, we had a, a number of families come and receive gifts and toys and food for the holidays. And we had the opportunity to share with the families why we were doing it. How we love them because God loves us. And God loves not only us, but God loves them. And we got to share with them the truth of God's love. And several families prayed to receive Jesus as their Savior. One family that prayed to receive Jesus as their Savior, a mother, um, she came back to church this morning. She brought her teenage daughters, and they committed to journey with us through that's what it's about. It's about us coming and sitting at the feet of the Father, like Mary, and letting him teach us and lead us, like the Israelites, regardless of the circumstances or situations in front of us, the flood stage rivers, or the problem that you have in your marriage or your family. God has a way to lead you through it. He wants to lead you through his word. My hope is that together we can learn to hear his voice and study together. So I want you to pray as our worship team leads us through that sheet. For some of you, your first step may be realizing that you've heard of God, but you don't really know God. You've heard of God and you've heard of Jesus, but you've never personally opened up your heart to invite God into your own life. When Jesus was on the cross, the Bible says that he went to the cross in our place to take our sin upon himself so that those of us who felt far from God would be drawn near. And that if any of us put our belief and trust in him as our Savior, he will forgive us and he will make us new. The scriptures say that to those who believe in God, he gives the right to be called children of God. So today, maybe your first step might be to admit that you need to surrender to him as Savior and Lord. Jesus, forgive me for the things I've done in my life, for not putting my trust and belief in you. Come into me and make me new. Help me see you as my Savior. Help me to learn to follow you. That may be your first step this year. And if that is true, I want you to check that box. Today I submit to Jesus as my Savior and Lord. Jesus said, I want you to celebrate your decision to follow me. And I want you to go through the waters of baptism. If you have never personally made the choice to be baptized, I want you to consider. The Bible says baptism is a symbol of us being buried with Christ in his death raised to walk a new life. If you've never taken that step as, as a, a believer's baptism, I want you to consider taking that step this year in 2019. And then the big thing for today is, are you in his word? Are you listening to him and talking to him daily? Communication is so important in any relationship, and it's the same with God himself. You've got to draw near to draw near to you, come to him and pray that you understand as he speaks to you through his word and your life will be forever changed. That you 
would like to commit to spending this year, 2019, reading through his word, check that off. And if you want to go the next step, sign up for a class. Let us know what time might work for you. We put a couple example times there at the bottom of the page. We'll work to try and help us journey together. Um, so pray through this sheet. If there's other things going on in your life right now that you want prayer about before you leave today, we have some people in the back ready to pray for you. I'll be here at the front ready to pray for you. And let us remember that all of this is only possible because of what Jesus did for us. On the night before he was arrested, he took a piece of bread and he said to his loved ones, this bread, as often as you eat of it, remember that this bread is a symbol of my body broken for you. And he took the cup and he said, this cup is a symbol of my blood that will be shed for you to forgive you of your sins. As often as you eat of this and drink of this, remember me until I come again. And so today, as you pray about this sheet, as you pray about the next steps God is wanting you to take, consider filling out that sheet before you come and receive communion. I'll take your sheet. I'd love to pray over each sheet if you'd let me. Fill that out, and I promise to pray with you and help you take this journey in 2019. If you gave your heart to Jesus, let one of us know. We'd love to celebrate that with you as well and pray with you. Father God, move among us now, we pray. Pierce our hearts. Holy Spirit, lead us to the next steps that you want us to take. We ask all of this in your name. Amen. Pray and respond how God leads you. Thank you.